Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the Redwater Podcast. I'm your co-host, Yasar. And I'm your other co-host, Ahmad. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so this is the first episode of the Redwater Podcast. We're going to be talking about everything Formula One pretty much every Sunday till, you know, who knows. And today we're going to be reviewing the Mexican Grand Prix, which basically just ended as we're recording. So... Do you want to just get right into it? Do you want to start or should I start? You can, I mean, you should get right into it. I genuinely think that it was a pretty boring race, and this is another demonstration of why we need um, the two strategy. Oh, so you agree race. with me on that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, I agree that it was a boring race, but at the same time, like, even though it was boring, like, it was a crucial race. Like, because now we're getting down to, like, how many races do we have left? Like, Five four left. races? Five left? yeah exactly so literally every race counts and honestly like going into this one everyone obviously everyone was talking about like oh it's a red bull track it's a red bull track but then um you know we had the mercedes front row lockout of qualifying which was crazy and because of that i was actually holding out hope that oh you know mercedes might actually like make it close but then we got to the race and they just kind of got blown out the water you know yeah but then then again I still think Mercedes has a chance if Red Bull makes any mistakes in the future. Because mm. I think this race showed that the Mercedes car is still very good. And for mm. Botas and Hamilton to be able to lock in that one too, who knows what, at a Red Bull dominant track, yeah. who knows what's to happen in the next few races. Yeah. You know, honestly, low-key, low-key, I thought about this when I was watching the race, like... Because the commentators even mentioned it, that Max mentioned, like, after qualifying, he was like, oh, yeah, well, I'd rather be starting third than second. Because, obviously, you know, that long-ass straight at the start, yeah, the slipstream. What if, low-key, Max, like, purposefully didn't set the fastest possible lap he could at qualifying? Do you think that's a possibility? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. But, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Because, like, okay, FP1, Botas was at the top of the table, whatever, right? But then, like, practice two and three, the Red Bulls were clearly the faster cars. But then you have Botas going on pole. Like, that that didn't add up to me. Even though, like, I don't think Verstappen would be the type of driver to do that. I just, I thought about it when I was, like, watching the race. I don't think that's a possibility. No way. No way? No way. All right, fair enough. But then we also have the sprint qualifying coming up for Brazil, and we know I don't like sprint qualifying. I don't. I know you don't. Either. Yeah, you don't like it either. Nah. I just I watched a video actually that was talking about like basically the the possibilities to try to go to with sprint qualifying, where um eventually like one the I think next season they're gonna increase the number of sprint qualifying races. And then eventually they're thinking, what if they have the sprint qualifying, like just kind of as a small race before the Sunday race, but it's not, but the sprint qualifying won't set the grid for the actual race. Well, well, I think it's a good concept if it didn't, I don't think it's a good concept at all, actually, because what it does is it adds more miles to the cars and the parts. No, yeah, that's what I was thinking about too. Yeah. (laughs) And I was also just thinking about, like, even if you don't have it as, like, you know, a sprint qualifying where it sets the grid for the race, I, just, I don't understand the point of having, like, a shorter race before the Sunday race. Yeah. I, just, I feel like I personally just don't think it really adds anything. If anything, it just, it takes away it takes from, away from, from the how special of the Sunday race. Yeah, yeah it takes away yeah. from how special the Sunday race is. Yeah, I yeah. agree. With, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you, yeah. 
but back back to the Mexican Grand Prix. I'm so I'm so dis I'm kind of disappointed in Mercedes as a whole, but specifically Botas. And we I know you agree you're going to agree with me on this. But like Botas going into turn 1, the fact that he just he didn't do anything to block Max. Like Max literally just like he got the slipstream which obviously he was going to get, but just no one fought him. He literally just went to the outside, took the racing line, had better grip and just was gone. Like, I don't understand why Valtteri didn't either, like, you know, try to take the outside line, or if you're not going to, like, put the fight to Max, then, like, let Hamilton get wheel-to-wheel with Max so that he could at least try to fight it. Bro, I'm right back, I'm right back. Okay, sorry for that brief interruption. So, I was talking about uh, Botas, like, not covering Max at the very, very start, and because of that, since Max got ahead lap one, he had clear air in front of him, so he was just zooming the entire race. And then my other thing with Botas is that, like, I understand, obviously, it wasn't his fault that he got spun around and, like, moved to the back of the grid. But why did it take him so long to start moving up? And even when he did start moving up, he didn't even move up that high. Like, he was stuck at, like, P12 and just couldn't get past Daniel Ricciardo. Okay, that's not a Botas issue. I think the track itself was just very hard to overtake because of dirty air, traffic, blue flags, all of that. So that's another reason why I don't like this track that much because it's just such a hard racetrack to do anything. And I think that's what made the race a little boring. Low tire wear too. So I hated the low tire wear. I hate it. Wait, yeah, let's go back to the thing we were talking about earlier with the like two-stop races. Like I hate one-stop races. I think they're so boring. Yeah, I know. And it's like, like I've seen a video. I told you about that video, right? The video I was talking yes. about, like, hypothetically how races would be like if we had a two-stop race. If we, like, if F1 created a mandatory two-stop rule. Because that way we'd have, like, the drivers not having to worry about tire wear as much. There's a stronger strategy element, obviously. And then it's like, and especially if they have two stops and they don't have to worry about tire wear as much, they can, like, consistently keep pushing the car and like pushing the tires trying to get faster and faster laps would that mean that they get rid of the hard tire or they just make every tire softer no yeah i think they could still keep you know soft medium hard tires but it's just make like make yeah lower lower the tire life of all the tires basically so make the cars go faster a little not necessarily make them faster but make the tires not last as long and also make it so that, like, the cliff fall off when the tires start to wear down is more severe. Because, like, usually now, you know, they'll be at the start of the race. Pirelli will be like, oh, the medium tires will do, like, are supposed to do, like, 30 laps. But drivers are still able to stretch them to do, like, 50. And it's insane. I think they should make it so that, like, if Pirelli says that the tire is going to do 30 laps and you try to do 40, by the time you're on that 40th, 40th lap, I want you to, like, basically be spinning off the track at that like point be slipping. and like force a pit yeah i feel like you should only really have like a margin of like four or five laps where you need to decide like oh when am i gonna pit? you get what i mean but does that does that then make um saving your tires for that much longer <laughs> that much more impressive also right since the tires degrade no yeah faster. exactly yeah that too that too and also because i feel like part of the reason um like previous eras of formula one like you had races that you know had crazier outcomes and part of that was because they used to have refueling so the cars were constantly um like running on low fuel so they were just consistently going faster around the track so the race lap times were you know not that far off from qualifying lap times essentially right yes 
And so I, I basically want to see that with like these modern F1 cars. And I think it would just give us better, like more exciting racing, basically. Most excited for is um the changes to the aero part and parts and the dirty air. Because I feel like that's what made this oh, race for 2022? so boring too. Like they really need to make yeah. sure that that dirty air issue is. Yeah. Oh, honestly, you know what I forgot about? With the Mercedes, I forgot that Mercedes, like, previously had that issue where, um, like, the overheating issue whenever they have to follow a car. Because, like, Hamilton was complaining about that. The entire- oh, yeah, that was the other thing. I, like, Hel- Hamilton was so depressed that entire race. And that was just, that was disappointing for me to watch. Because literally after, like, I think it was, like, around the 20 lap mark or whatever, he was just like, oh, he's too fast. And it's just, I was disappointed to see Hamilton not really, like, putting up a fight like i feel like it's not really his fault because i guess maybe there wasn't really much he could do but like i thought i thought you know he'd be on the radio being like wait is there still a chance for an undercut or like can i keep pushing you know do i have more battery whatever yada yada you get what i mean yeah but he just he didn't do any of that literally at one point he like went on the radio radio, just like like, he's too quick quick. yeah yeah exactly and i was just like it was just kind of sad to see hamilton just really give up like that you know then again, there's nothing that he could do. I mean, he had no teammate. I, the car just isn't as good on the track. I know that there was nothing that he could do, but it's just I wish that he still kind of kept his morale up. You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's been races in the past where, you know, the other team had the upper hand, but he was still very much, like, trying to do whatever he could. But I feel like this one, he wasn't – he didn't really start, like, pushing more until, like, Perez was really starting to put pressure on him and, like, the – last three quarters of last quarter of the race i mean look at him look at it from his point of view last time he got double teamed he he didn't do so hot and facts it wasn't even at a red bull dominant track and now that they are he kind of just has to stick to the p2 yeah but i mean that's the other thing the p2 is still really impressive though and that's why we we talked about this earlier but um paris is not deserved driver of the day no, no, Hamilton deserves driver because yeah. he took or everything you, they threw at him and delivered. Yeah, the fact that like the Red Bulls essentially like were outpacing the Mercedes by that much, and Hamilton was still able to hold on to that P two was really impressive. No, yeah, I think the driver of the day voting system is kind of rigged because at at times I've seen people vote for Max Verstappen and he's literally done nothing throughout the race yeah well yeah i don't think it's rigged i think it's just people don't really vote for it based off who actually had the best performance it's just just who's their favorite favorite driver driver. like yeah like the only reason perez got that driver of the day was because he was mexican it was the mexican grand prix yeah no and he was getting a podium because he and like he was gifted a free p3 well yes yes he was yes he was (laughs) yes he was he was gifted a free p3 and then just kept driving. He couldn't even overtake Hamilton. No, yeah. Considering how much faster Max was, the fact that Perez didn't get past Hamilton. People need to... Can't be... How do I say this? Can't be eluded by the fact that Perez is still not that good. Because I feel like... Okay, nah, nah, nah. Hold on. I feel like you're overhating on Perez, though. Like, I feel, I feel like at, you don't give him enough look, credit. Look at the gap that Max was able to put. I think at the end of the race, Max won by 16 well, no. seconds. Okay, nah, nah, Perez nah, was struggling to overtake Hamilton. Because if, if the, the car the end, is that much faster, I feel like the dirty air is not that big of a difference, you know? Especially with a Mercedes mm. 
in in the constant dirty air of Max at the start, and then with all the blue flags. Like, I don't like necessarily disagree with you, but I still no, but I feel like overall you're over hating on Paris. Like, I still think he's a good driver, and like, I don't think it's fair for you to compare him to Max because Max is essentially world championship material. Like, that's what we're seeing now. So I feel like you can't necessarily compare him too much to Max. You get what I mean? But I'm not though. I'm just giving sending him a standard which teams do you know look at look at someone mm. like pierre gasly pierre gasly is blowing all oh, shout out oh shout out to pierre gasly that was an amazing race by him that p4 mm, no beautiful. that's what i mean pierre gasly is in, in a car that's not not as good as any not as good as mercedes red bull ferrari and mclaren and he's always giving those consistent good results but then we have yeah. And then his teammate Yuki Tsunoda obviously is a rookie, so it's very iffy and shaky. So he's just a very mm. good, consistent driver. But then I feel like with Perez, he's a little bit inconsistent, and he just lacks from his teammate. But he doesn't. People don't say that at all. Like people like to complain about Botas, and I feel like people don't even complain about Botas. Botas is bad and doesn't. Botas is so bad. Botas is so get close bad. to his teammate, but then. <laughs> So doesn't Perez at all. Like I feel like if I was in the okay, Red no, Bull, no, no. The first, the first half of the season, of the first half Perez. of the season, I'd agree with you that Perez like wasn't necessarily pulling his weight. Well, no, but that's the other thing. Even like the races that Perez had, where um he would like he'd have a bad qualifying and kind of start further down. He usually did a pretty good job of like making his way back up the pack and still getting like a solid P five, P four. You get what I mean? Yeah, and I but, mean that's when he uses the car to its ability, but. I mean, at this race, he had, I think the pace advantage was like one second that the Red Bull yeah, had. Honestly, more than and he had fresher yeah. tires, but then he couldn't catch Hamilton <laughs> towards the end. Yeah. So that's my take on Perez. I still think Red Bull need to figure out the second driver situation. No, because nah, once Mercedes but, wait, has. So you, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're saying you think Red Bull should get rid of Perez? Yes, because once Mercedes. Nah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Once Mercedes has George Russell to play that second role, there's nothing Red Bull are gonna be able to do. Okay, no, but hold on, but that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like the first half of the season, I agree with you. Perez wasn't really pulling his weight, but I think now, like he's starting to show that he's getting more and more comfortable in that Red Bull seat. And I'm telling you, 2022, he's going. He's very much going to be a solid number two driver. Look, like look back at the U.S. Grand Prix. Literally, both of you. You and I both agree that he did an amazing job as number two driver there because he put pressure on Hamilton and part of part of the reason Verstappen was able to win that race is because of the pressure that Perez put, right? They yeah. needed him to show up at that Grand Prix and he showed up. He didn't show up as much as he should have in this Grand Prix either, but like he he's shown great improvement from the start of the season. So I don't think I don't think you have a justifiable argument saying that they should get rid of him. I don't know, man. I, I still feel like Perez is not no, but it's like it's like um because I how because I feel like if we had Botas today, then I, move your mic from your <laughs> mouth a little bit. You're kind of loud. Oh, I feel like yeah. if Mercedes still had Botas in the play today. There's nothing Perez would have been able to do. Because yes, Perez can save tires for it. No, I disagree with that though. Because clearly, the Mercedes didn't have a lot of pace, and Botas isn't necessarily like the fastest driver either. Get whatever. That's why I'm talking about next season and George Russell. Once Mercedes has that good second driver and then we have hamilton who's okay no no but remember drivers. remember remember when we said that red bull shouldn't have gotten rid of albon because if albon was given another year he probably would have done a lot better than he was doing yes 
it's the same case with Perez. Like, yes, even if this season he hasn't been the best number two, I'm telling you by 2022, he's going to be a very, very good number two driver. Like, do I think Russell will probably, like, still end up beating him? Probably, but that's not because Perez is bad. That's just because Russell is Russell. So then that's what I mean. I feel like Pierre Gasly would be You think better, Pierre Gasly would fit, be better competition? Mm. A better fit for that Red Bull because Gasly's still a developing driver. He's, that's a hot take. He's built, that's a hot his, take. He's built his confidence, consistent results throughout this season. And I feel like he's also younger, so there's more of a future I feel like with you're that. Over, I, yeah. I know, but I still feel like I, you're overhyping. I, um, I feel like you have to look at it from the bigger picture point of view because I feel like two to three years from now, Pierre Gasly is going to become a Sebastian Vettel or Kimi Raikkonen, even a Fernando Alonso, like very talented, but just like a, washed out. You feel me? While Mercedes okay, but, okay, still has... Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All the drivers you just listed are not very talented. All of them are world champions. You're saying in the next, like, four years, four or five years, Pierre Gasly is going to be a world champion, but then, like, just not be... But then be... No, no, out. I'm saying Sergio Perez. You think Sergio Perez is going to get a world championship? No, I think he's going to become washed out, like, the world driver. Oh, you think, like, he's kind of reached the peak of his career and then he's going to start... Uh, oh, with Gasly, like, he's gonna continue to show growth. Because mm. Mercedes already have that one up on Red Bull with George Russell coming up. With Russell, and then if they ever want it, what are you, they can move <laughs> what, if, what, if, what if over the years, like once Hamilton leaves, then Gasly goes to Mercedes? That would be fire. That would put because then because what I feel like is gonna happen is history is gonna repeat itself with Red Bull after Perez. They're gonna struggle to find the second driver again. Well, I mean, no, but well, no, but then they wouldn't struggle to find another driver if Gasly is right there once Paris leaves. Ga- but Gasly can only be in that AlphaTauri for so long. True. No, because definitely with the form that he's been showing, I think if he doesn't get moved up to Red Bull at one point, like in the next he two, might three consider years, a McLaren. no, no, yeah, if a vacancy opens up in another team, I think not even he's gonna want to go to another team. I think another team is gonna want to take him. You get what I mean? Yeah. What I think we should be worried about for next season is, is the Ferrari, bro. I feel like the Ferrari is going to... I don't know. I feel I feel like everything's kind of up the in challenge. the air with... I still think uh, Mercedes is going to dominate because they've had that much more time and resources to put into the car. I don't know about dominate. I think they'll still be, like, front of the pack, but I, I don't think, think they'll be... Dom- I don't think they'll dominate. I now. think dominate, bro. You think they'll dominate? Because, bro, look at stuff like the DAS system, and the- I think they... Okay, yeah, but DAS got banned. No, but if they can engineer small things <clears throat> Oh, yeah, that, no, their, their innovation is ridiculous. If they can do small <laughs> changes so like that for, for not even, like, big regulation change seasons, imagine bro, what they have. Bro, they literally introduced DAS just as a flex though they had no reason to do that but they were like yeah let's just throw it yeah, on the car yeah and that's the same thing with ferrari i feel like the fact that we didn't see a massive leap in ferrari's development i mean this year, we, nah we did though compared to 2020 they were trash 2020 look at them now like fighting for podiums but the reason well, they were trash really is podiums, because they were forced to they were forced to play their hand though you, you can't just say they, oh, were tra- well, they weren't yeah. just trash randomly they were forced to yeah well, no, but the thing is about like going into 2020 like the engine regulations are essentially the same and what we're seeing at least um 
so like previously in like the hybrid era or whatever what mercedes had over everything else was just their engine was just so much more powerful than every other team but what we're seeing now is that the other teams have essentially caught up and it's a lot closer so i don't think like engine power is going to play as big of a role going in 2020 what's going to play a big role is how well teams can yeah like the physical car development so like aero pieces and chassis and stuff like that no but then <laughs> and so because that's the case that's why i said like i feel like it's a little bit more up in the air because you could have like the ferraris coming in out of nowhere with a car that just has like you know amazing straight line speed or is like crazy through corners and that's why i don't think mercedes is going to be dominant even if they are front of the pack i just don't think they'll be because i feel like ferrari's been a little bit too quiet for a team that big you feel me i feel like they have to have something in surprise. Well, yeah, that's because they spent so long, like, trying to catch up to Mercedes, basically. And then they did technically catch up 2019, but then 2020 sent them backwards again. But I, I do definitely think they're going to have a really, really strong car 2020. 2022, I mean. McLaren, too. Don't discount the McLaren boys. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the other thing I was about. Rip McLaren to this race. They had a terrible race. Yeah, like with I don't even. Ricardo. I think yeah, I think Ricardo finished like tenth, and Norris was like eighth. And it's like, and now, and what that means now is that Ferrari's a lot further ahead of them, uh, in the constructors. Yeah, the team I'm really disappointed in this season is the um the Aston Martin. I'm really yeah, disappointed. I had high hopes for them too, and they're just I don't know what happened. They also <laughs> just very much a midfield car. I don't know why they kept Vettel in their lineup. Like, don't get me, don't get it wrong. He's a good driver, and but I still don't feel like I think they should look into new talents. But who else would they take? <laughs> Gasly. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but there's no point in them taking Gasly if they're not even going to have a car that's going to be having Gasly fighting for podiums. No, but I'm talking about next season. We, we don't know what they have in store for next season. But I feel like I a think... team with that much <clears throat> development power. Like I feel like the teams that for sure aren't going to be insane ne- next year. Okay, now, nah, hold on. Aston Martin doesn't necessarily have that much. No, like, but they, they have... Do they have that many re- Do they have that they much have resources? That many... They're not like a... They're not a Oh, well, because I guess Austin Martin is a car manufacturer. But it's not as big as, like, Mercedes or Ferrari or McLaren. Nah, but look at what the Austin Martin company itself is doing, like, with the Austin Martin Valkyrie and all those other insane cars. Yeah, but those don't always necessarily translate to F1. That just demonstrates how powerful their development team is and whatnot. Nah, I don't think... I don't think they have anything. Well, no, but that's just that's you can't bring their lineup of cars into Formula One because so far, at least this season, they haven't really shown anything to suggest that no, but they have like insane engineering, like on the Mercedes level. Doesn't that make sense? So, I mean, if you look at all the teams in Formula One and then all the things they do outside of Formula One, it makes sense. With Red Bull and Honda. Okay, no, no, yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Yeah. They're usually oh. very good. Mercedes, very good. <clears throat> That's another point I actually want to bring like up. you have teams like Haas, um, who aren't that great outside of Formula 1, or teams like... Well, they don't have anything outside of Formula 1. Y- yeah. Right? Teams yeah. like... Um, Hold on. Alpine. William. Alpine doesn't really have that much outside of Formula 1. Yeah, they do. Well, no, but Alpine is technically... Because it used to be Renault, which is a car manufacturer. So Renault technically should be at the front of the table for basing off of that thing. 
Not that like Does Renault, Renault cars. Do a lot of motorsport? I don't think Renault has that much motorsport though. Nah, I'm pretty sure they do. They do. Like I'm pretty sure they have like Indy. I want to say they have an IndyCar team. But well, no. But they've been really successful in Formula One in the past. Like Fernando Alonso got both of his world championships with Renault. And yeah, and they've been in Formula One for like well over a decade now. I'm pretty sure. So it's kind of disappointing for them that they're not better. Also. But um, have you heard that Porsche might be entering Formula One? I heard about that. Yeah, I'm really. I think that would be amazing. Cause see, like Porsche is definitely a team where I would be like, yeah, if they come into Formula One, they're going to be like amazing, and I have like a lot of confidence that they would be able to design a really, really competitive car, considering like what they've done in other, uh, like motorsports. Yeah, I, I like the fact that more drivers on the field, so more cars, more opportunities. I always like mm. the idea of that. <clears throat> Can they have... Wait, so does that mean if they come in, we're going to have 11 teams? I guess, unless they do, like, a team takeover. I don't think they're planning on doing a team takeover, though. I think they're just, like, being a new team. Like, fresh new team from the ground up. To the Williams, they were looking very good at the start of the season, and now they've kind of... Fell back. I don't know about very good. Points. They at least they. I mean, they've scored points. points. Yeah. I mean, look at the likes of. Well, okay, but also some of the points they have is just because of that weird Belgium race. But look at, I think they've had three points. Let me check how much. I mean, yeah, George Russell was running in the points at the start of the race. Twenty-three points. He just come back down. They have twenty-three points. That's actually really good for them. So, like, obviously, like, now this Grand Prix is over. Max extended his lead to Hamilton. And then next race is Brazil, right? The next race is Brazil, right? Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And so, like, people are saying that, you know, Red Brazil is essentially supposed to be another, like, Red Bull dominant tag because of the high elevation or whatever. But I feel like the Red Bulls won't be as dominant in Brazil as they are, like, as they were today in uh, Mexico. So, like, basically just what I'm trying to say is that, like, Hamilton, Hamilton has to win Brazil. I feel like if he wants to have a legitimate, like, like, still be in this title fight, then he needs to win Brazil. Because if he doesn't win Brazil and Max continues to extend his lead, I feel like by the time we get to... Abu Dhabi. Well, because we also have two new tracks. I was about to Saudi mention Ar- that. Yeah, so we have Saudi Arabia, Qatar. Yes, yeah, so we have no idea what's going to happen in those tracks. But I still, I feel like it's really important for Hamilton to win Brazil. I think what messed up Hamilton is how lucky Verstappen got at Russia when he took the engine penalty and then made it back to P2 because of all the race. <coughs> oh, because of the... happening. That was that wet race, right? I don't yeah. think I watched that race, actually. Yeah, no. So, Hamilton, um, Verstappen took an engine penalty, started out P20, but at the end, mm. because it rained and he got on inters quick, he went from, like, P7 to P2. Damn. So, I think that's where it messed him up, where when ha- Hamilton took the grid place you think, penalty... You think, like, that was the turning point in the championship, basically? Yeah, because when Hamilton mm. took the grid place penalty at Turkey, <coughs> he wasn't able to get back to P2, which then also yeah. messed him up. And I think... Monza, well, also just what, Monza too. Huh? Both of them disqualify. Yeah, Monza. 
Oh, true. So yeah. Well, that was oh yeah, because I was in favor of Verstappen too, because at the time he was in the lead. Yeah. Yeah, and then just having the next couple races after that, like with the U.S. Grand Prix and this one, and then potentially Brazil being like Red Bulls being the favorable cars of those tracks, really, yeah, did not help Hamilton. Yeah. And so I guess that's it for episode one. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Redwater Podcast for updates on episode drops. And also just let us know what you thought about the races and what you thought about the episode. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. And we'll see you all next week.